and good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday uh, to you all. Happy Friday, or what we call here the beginning of the weekend. Uh, but uh, we are the thing standing between you and that. So thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, being with us. I'm looking forward to uh, today's show and being with you. We air every day, Monday to Friday, 9 to 10. And uh, know that so many of you have been listening since we started this thing four and a half years ago. And that's pretty cool. So thanks for being here with us. Matt Neely, good morning to you. Happy beginning of the weekend. Good morning, Zach. And I must say, I like the beginning of the weekend better than Monday Junior. So uh, Monday junior. kudos to you on that one. Although, Matt, I think uh, maybe I'm giving something away, but I think next week we're going to take calls uh, to figure out what we call Monday because Monday is now the only day of our week here that we haven't named something different. So Monday needs its own name. We got to do it. Okay. Well, uh, that'll be, uh, we'll have to do that on Tuesday, obviously, but uh, that's uh, ironically, you know. Right, because Tuesday is Wednesday Eve, then we have Hump Day, then we have Friday Eve, then we have the beginning of the weekend. So seriously, Monday is the only day. Um, where where we haven't figured out what to call it, so we'll take we'll take listener calls next week, Matt, and figure out on this show what we're supposed to call uh, what we're supposed to call Monday. But good to do this thing with you, Matt. Uh, always good to get to the end of the week successfully. And uh, thanks for all you do, man. You bet. Thanks a lot, Zach. And I was also glad that you were terribly wrong about the trap game last night. Uh, Wasn't wrong. Just was observing that there was a. a, a possibility of that happening you were right for half the game to be uh, well, fair okay yeah <laughs> two points at halftime to the yep. cellar dwellers goodness <laughs> uh, I well I forgot Matt that those cellar dwellers were in the elite eight last year so so did the cats for half yeah. the game for half the game <laughs> did you remember that though Oregon State no, was in the elite eight I forgot year. all about that yep sadly here. yeah same here. Again, Matt is the guy that uh, that said San Diego State University was going to be a uh, walk in the park for U of A football, and turned out they were what conference champs or something. How did you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been saving that to, to, to clobber me with? I did say that. You're right. I just, oh, I'm, I'm impressed that you remember that one. Good for you. See, I'm welcoming karma because uh, <laughs> just like you, Matt, everything I, I say and do a sports show and is uh, is now on record. Right. Everything is recorded and filed somewhere, and you can pull it back up and listen to it. That's right. On our not a sports show. The sound of show. Matt busily deleting old files. <laughs> right. Oh man. But we are um, we are not talking sports. Uh, past we this never do. Moment it's not a time. sports we, show, we, Zach. We, it's it's not a sports show show. Um, but uh, we're talking about more important things today for sure. Steve Gaynor will be with us, Matt, at the bottom of the hour. He's a Republican candidate running for governor. And Matt, I was counting on my hand because that's the easiest way I can count on the air. <laughs> okay. um, uh, this is going to be our fifth gubernatorial candidate on the show. Both right. you know crossing R's and D's. We've had I think three Republicans and two Democrats. I'll have everybody on if they want to be on. I'm not picking and choosing. Uh, but we've had five candidates for governor, and it's a race that everyone's looking at and watching. And uh, we're going to cover it as much as we can. And so keep us on your dial. We're, we're covering the gubernatorial races. Five candidates. That's, that's not bad, Matt. I'm pretty proud of that. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, But it's Steve Gaynor's first time uh, on the show. He ran successfully for the Republican nomination for Secretary of State. 
in 2018, lost to Katie Hobbs, which is interesting because if he wins the Republican nomination for governor, uh, he'll probably be up against Katie Hobbs again, who is now also running for governor. So some interesting Arizona politics there, uh, but we'll have him on the show to talk about his campaign, talk about uh, some of the issues and uh, and the like. 520-790-2040 is the number that you can use to call in. And you might want to call in on this, uh, on this first topic of the day. And uh, Matt, I was curious to get your thoughts because you've You've been around Tucson issues and topics um, for quite a long time, but but a question came to my mind. Uh, There's a local piece about how some of the congressional and statewide candidates in Arizona uh, are doing campaign ads that reflect kind of the old West and cowboys and and kind of that that vibe of Arizona and Tucson. And it got me thinking, and we've, we've had this conversation on the air before, but I think there's been even a shift since then. Matt, I, I don't know that we sell, that we really brand ourselves, that we really think of ourselves, uh, at least in Tucson, along the lines of kind of old Tucson, old west, cowboys, cattle. I think a lot of that has changed. I think the five C's have changed. I was on Visit Tucson's website, Matt, and they're talking about our food. They're talking about our Hispanic and Latino culture and kind of our borderlands culture. They're talking about the open space. Uh, certainly, I think Arizona is beginning to be known as a technology and business state. I would say over the last eight to 10 years even, Matt, the brand of Tucson, Arizona, I think has shifted quite a bit. What do you think? Well, that's a topic that comes up, right? Because it's like, well, we're, you get too much of the old West marketing and it's like, well, we're more than that. Right. So, um, but it, it's something that's, it's definitely the heritage. Um, you, European travelers love to come here because of why the old West. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I just think it's something that kind of comes and goes in ways. I mean, here we see that old, old Tucson's going to open up again, uh, presumably in the, in the next year or so they've got a they've got a new operator right the county has got a new operator um i I think there's this move between hey we want to be this hip sophisticated uh downtown you know but the thing of it is tucson throughout the years has always had a had a um, a good art scene even when it was known as a even Mm -hmm. when it was known as an old west uh kind of tourism place so um, I, I think the Old West theme of marketing kind of comes and goes in waves. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When um, I, I know this is completely off script and off the top of my head, Matt, uh, any, when, when do you think was the last time that the Old West marketing was really in vogue in Tucson? When was that last peak, do you think? Good question. I would say probably the 90s. That's, that's okay. kind of the, the sense of it that I get. Um, old Tucson was a lot bigger. You had the Benson uh, Railway that you could take, which was kind of mm-hmm. like an Old West experience that took you to a to a um, ghost town. Um, you had places like uh, um, uh, what was the Hidden Valley Inn, and you know restaurants that were a little more forward on the Old West experience, the Triple T uh, Chuck Wagon Cookout, and all that stuff. Um, I I'd, just the sense of it that I get is more more so the the '90s when it was maybe a lot more prevalent in terms of a theme. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, and I mean, I've had we, we we've talked about this on the show before, where I've kind of approached it as what should be the brand, and that's not actually where I'm going today. I'm I'm merely saying my sense has been, uh, you know, cotton, cop, copper, cattle. Like, so there's a lot of that still going on, but it doesn't seem to be the driving theme. It doesn't seem to be the driving brand. And when I think about what people talk about when they talk about Tucson um, or Arizona, it just seems to have shifted and have been very different over the last few years. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's interesting when, in this case, politicians uh, kind of harken back to the Old West. Does that still connect? Um, is that still reflective of what uh, Tucsonans and Arizonans think about themselves? And uh, the two... Uh, the two politicians that were mentioned in this piece were Jim Lehman, uh, who's running for Senate, and then there is uh, there was another oh, I can't find the name oh uh, Watkins who's running for Congress, and the article mentioned that they're actually both newcomers, relatively newcomers to Arizona, you know, in terms of they haven't been here multi generationally or their entire lives, and so it's interesting to think about what do people think about us, and then what do we think about ourselves, and is it aligned or is it different. Um, but uh, I'm curious about that. I, I want to fit a call in on this, Matt, before we go to break. And, and we can keep the lines open on this. I figured this would get people thinking because it always does. It got me thinking this morning here ahead of our uh, conversation with Steve Gaynor running for governor in Arizona. Charles, thanks for calling and for hanging on a moment. You're live on the air. Sure, no problem. Worth waiting for. I wanted to say that the problem here in Arizona is very is uh, very concisely definable it all comes down to a strategic lack of bola ties. Bola ties, that's the problem. Now you're talking, that's Charles. A, it's a strategic lack of bola ties. If we simply reinstated and reinvigorated the bola tie culture, we could bring Western, we could bring Westernism back all over again. And you know who the resident expert is on bola ties? It's who Matt. is that? It's Matt. I Matt Neely. Matt did a, a deep study on the bullet tie, and his father helped get it approved as the official neckwear of Arizona. It's a true story. Matt, can we go to break, and you can tell that story on the other side? Sure. Would you mind? No, no, not Since at all. Charles called you out. Not at all. See what I, start, see what I started? <laughs> I, you, you, I, just, I, you just don't I, want to leave any paint buckets open around me. I'll just kick <laughs> them over. I love it. And you know what's funny, Charles? We'll go to break on this. I uh, I actually can think of uh, – bolo tie, tie wearing is bipartisan. I can think of people on both sides of the aisle who, uh, who wear or have worn bolo ties. Matt Neely, I want to hear the story on the other side. And 520 do that. Go Don't ahead. do that. Somebody's going to come up with an LGBT tie, and you're going to start a war. Have a nice day, guys. Charles, I appreciate your call. Let's go to break. Uh, Matt, I want to hear this story on the other side. And uh, 520-790-2040, it's what Charles used to call in. Steve Gaynor's going to use it to call in in a second, run for governor of Arizona. Matt's going to tell us about his bolo tie advocacy uh, in the state of Arizona on the other side. Sorry, Matt. Matt was thinking he could get away with a quiet half an hour here before Steve Gaynor, and we just kind of ripped the rug out of from under him on that. We'll be right back. Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. The next generation of talk. Tipping Point with Zach Genser. 1030, The Voice. 
Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all that southern areas. And a good morning to you. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. This is our Friday show. In just a few moments, Steve Gaynor, who's running as a Republican for uh, Arizona governor, is going to be with us for the rest of the show here at the bottom of the hour. His first time on the program, our fifth gubernatorial candidate. We want to have as many who will come on, come on. I think this is one of the most important races, obviously, in the state and for the future of Arizona. So we want to cover it. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them 
uh, on social media at Little Love Burger. And Matt, I am looking forward to reporting sometime next week after I go to Little Love Burger for a lunch here soon. If I can get my own uh, Yenser Rogers rate, I'm going to go and say, Hey, I heard about you on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15% discount. I'll let you know if I get it. My hope is that I do. That would be awkward. And you don't have to disguise <laughs> yourself as a shoe salesman or anything. You can go in and say, I'm Zach Yenser. I want the Yenser rate. And that, that's my plan. That's my plan. And since I have a face for radio, they're not going to know either way. So this is going to be a real a real uh, trust experiment. But Matt, I'll let you know. And I um, and, uh, hope others join me throughout the month. This is a great place, good men and women. So we started at the top of the hour uh, uh, commenting on how some uh, political ads in the state of Arizona are drawing to the ties of Tucson, Arizona, of the Old West and cowboys and, um, and shootouts and things like that. And, uh, and I, I started to question, is that what we think of ourselves as? Is that what people think of Tucson, Arizona as? And my thesis at the top of the hour was that, that I think that branding, we're not in at least the peak of that branding. And Matt, you mentioned it goes in waves and that the 1990s were kind of maybe the last time where this was the big thing that we sold about ourselves. But I just, I think it's disconnected from whether it is food, business, cultural history, wide open spaces. I think that we are selling a much different narrative about Tucson, Arizona than Old West. So we talk about branding a lot on the show. We, I picked it up today. And then we had a caller, Matt, who called you out um, and uh, mentioned your bolo tie advocacy. And I have to hear the story, Matt. So uh, the floor is yours. This is a solution to Tucson, Arizona's branding uh, opportunity the bolo tie. So the it, this all started around uh, '66. Uh, my dad, Doug Neely, uh, was uh, one of uh, six people that co-founded the Bolo Tie Society of Arizona, and uh, they. The short version of the story is they worked with the legislature for five years uh, until 1971 when uh, it got through the legislature, and that's a that the sausage of uh, you know the sausage making process of uh, passing bills is uh, really Indeed. something that's an interesting story unto itself it took five years <laughs> to get that through the state legislature and get governor uh, jack williams to sign it into law as the official state neckwear or the state neckwear of, of arizona it was invented they, they wanted to do this for you know identity of the region identity of the state it was actually the tie was actually invented in Wickenburg, and it was called a bola tie, B-O-L-A, um, but it was a guy named Vic Cedarstaff. He invented the tie um, in the late 40s. Um, they called it the bola tie because it resembled uh, a, a roping device used in Argentina called a boleadora. So that's where the name bola tie came from. And um, the folks that got together, the six guys that got together to uh, promote this as a, as a state symbol, uh, did so because it would help promote state identity. It helped with the economy because uh, a lot of Native American craftsmen had gotten into making bola ties. So it helped uh, helped the state economy. It helped Native American craftsmen, uh, helped tourism. Um, 
and and the tie was starting to get some national exposure. You had South Dakota and Texas were both look eyeing it as a state neckwear in their states, and they thought, hey, it was it was invented in the state of Arizona. So let's let's kind of claim that as our as our state identity. So that's one of the state symbols. You know, you got turquoise, you got the saguaro blossom, you got the Palo Verde tree, and and among these state symbols are uh, the bowl of tie. But yeah, it took it took five years. Um, they finally got it in 1971, named as the state neckwear. It's still in the Arizona Revised Statutes as the uh, state neckwear to this day. And it's a little tiny corner of history that, uh, that uh, yeah, my dad has. So That's incredible. And they I had, had a, no idea. They had a large organization. It's, it's dwindled over the years, but they had a large organization that uh, met every month in the Phoenix area. And, and they got lots of publicity and national press, but also, you know, Arizona highways and, and, uh, and local press. But uh, it was a, it's, a, it's a really neat story. That's amazing. So who are the highest profile bolo tie wearers, Tucson or Arizona? If you, if, who, who's repping that legacy the best, would you say, Matt? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, couldn't tell you, but I mean, you know, and it, the thing about the Bolo Tie Society, and I know, you know, we don't have an infinite amount of time here, but the Bolo Tie Society promoted it as a symbol of Arizona hospitality and as appropriate formal or informal attire. So you have some very ornate bolo ties um, that cost a lot of money. They have a lot of, uh, you know, valuable turquoise and gold and this and that. And then you have some that were just kind of made by craftsmen that were blocks of wood or, or uh, you know, non-precious uh, gemstones that people found. And so it, it runs the whole gamut, right? Mm. You can do it with hardware from your work or, or, or any sort of thing, any sort of thing you have a hobby for. So it, it runs the gamut from very ornate to very informal. Um, but uh, as the as the greatest generation is kind of uh, as is kind of leaving us, you know, a lot of the daily wears and you know, Zach, the, people don't wear ties to work a lot or in general right. a lot. So you see them a lot more uh, in the evening when people go out hmm. uh, than you did in, in the workplace because people simply just don't wear ties these days. What an amazing story. Uh, if you just joined us, uh, caller Charles uh, at the end of the f first segment called out Matt and Matt's family for their advocacy for, uh, for the bolo tie as a piece of Arizona's identity. Uh, and you're listening to Matt uh, retelling this story, and it's, it's this you, was not scripted, Matt. This you, was not planned. The call was not planted. This is just live local radio doing its thing. I you know, one it. of the uh, one of the <laughs> biggest local proponents was Al Kaith when he was on television on K Gun. He would wear okay. he would wear a bullet tie every Friday, and uh, so the, you know, kudos to him for keeping the keeping the image out there and, uh, you know, being a good representative. But you see politicians. I, I know Congressman Grijalva is often seen in a bullet tie, mm -hmm. and you have various legislators that have mm -hmm. that are in bullet ties. And uh, so, you know, people are out there still wearing them, Zach, and and it's a good thing because it's uh, it's it's an Arizona legacy. So maybe, uh, maybe instead of uh, uh, Friday being Weekend Junior, we should make it Bolo Tie Friday. Matt, uh, if you do it, I'll do it. I'll start wearing a bolo tie on Friday. If you call it bolo, bolo with an A, then I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll be on board with that. <laughs> that was the. The other side, Matt Neely, Steve Gaynor's calling in in just a second. Republican candidate for governor. We'll be right back on 10:30. The Voice.
2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wien of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Coming live out of the Common Workspace Studios, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Genser on AM 1030 KVUI The Voice. Daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I want to go right to the phones now to begin our fifth conversation, our fifth gubernatorial conversation, our conversation with the fifth candidate for governor, both Republican and Democrat, for the state of Arizona on this program. Uh, We're grateful to have uh, candidate Steve Gaynor on the show. Steve, thanks for making time for us this morning, and happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. So uh, you ran in 2018, Steve, as the Republican nominee for Secretary of State. You faced off against Katie Hobbs for that race. Uh, were ultimately unsuccessful, but were uh, you were a nominee for a party statewide in the state of Arizona. I ask all candidates this question. What was your tipping point moment to say, I ran statewide for Secretary of State I'm going to run for governor now. Why did you jump into what is a really hotly contested uh, Republican primary, Steve Gaynor? It, it is hotly contested. <clears throat> I, I saw what was going on in our country, and I see what's happening in our state. We have a beautiful state. I've lived here for 40 years. I love it. My kids all live here. And we have great opportunity in Arizona. The future is bright. But if we don't make good decisions in the next few years, we're going to end up like California. 
we're going to end up uh, like some of the very uncomfortable places to live and work. And I want to see our state be successful. Arizona can be a world-class place to live, raise a family, and have a career. So I really think I can bring what I know about business and my career of 40 years here in the state and, and help the state achieve greatness. Steve Gaynor is with us. Steve, I'd love to talk with you about a couple of state issues uh, more in depth in the second segment. Uh, but give us your uh, platform. What are the two or three issues that, uh, that you kind of were hinting at there that are animating your campaign? What are the things you want to be focusing on for the future of the state? Right. I, there are two kinds of issues we have, the immediate pressing issues and the long term. The pressing issues that we're dealing with right now, one of them is the border. We have people and drugs pouring across the border. And that wasn't the case until Joe Biden took office and changed the policies of the Trump administration and and really sent a message to the cartels. It's open season. Uh, do what you want. Make tons of money. And, and that's we're suffering for that as a state and in our country. When I visited the border recently, hundreds of people just crossing, uh, no identification, no vetting. We just bring them into the country. And uh, the ones that turn themselves in generally get transported out of the state. But there are many, many people that evade detection, and they're here in, in the state. Um, I know from talking to law enforcement, the drugs on the street are endemic now. They're, it's everywhere. Fentanyl is everywhere. Uh, it's a it's a terrible problem. We need to confront it. Uh, we need to stop it, and and it's on my radar. This, this is a problem, but this is a problem that's fixable. And once it's fixed, it it will recede. I I don't believe it can and should be a long term problem. In the longer term, we have areas of of our state that need help, like education. Uh, we're ranked 47th in the country in K to 12 education. That can't continue. We need to improve, uh, and uh, and it will be a real focus of mine. All three of my kids were educated here in the state, public school, uh, charter schools. They went to every kind of school there was, and we were always searching for the right answer. And, and we have a tradition in Arizona of, of freedom of choice, but there's not enough, and many parents are stymied in and their, their ability to find education that suits their children. Um, and, and finally, the economy. The, the economy in Arizona is booming, but we have some problems. Infrastructure, housing affordability. Uh, we want to keep our taxes low. We want growth, but we want it in a way that doesn't damage our quality of life. And that can happen. And all you have to do is look 300 miles to the west to know that it can happen because California had lots of growth, but it's made life miserable. We're with Steve Gaynor this morning. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, no. Go go right ahead. No, we're with Steve Gaynor this morning, a Republican candidate running in the primary for Arizona governor. And Steve, uh, if you didn't bring them up, I was going to ask you uh, in the second segment for sure uh, about uh, economy in the state of Arizona and uh, housing, because I think housing is kind of a surprise issue that 
uh, shouldn't be a surprise issue, but it's starting to pop up more and more in conversations I know you're having. Uh, but uh, in, in just kind of a, this is our get-to-know-you conversation, I, and I hope for more conversations this spring and early summer with you to really dig into the issues. But, you know, there's I think there's four major candidates, right, for governor. Uh, Carrie Lake is formerly in the in the news business. Karen Taylor Robeson is a businesswoman uh, and uh, in, involved in statewide education policy. Matt Salmon uh, has been a legislate, legislator at multiple levels, also involved in higher education, uh, and you've been involved in business in the state. For uh, Republican primary voters listening who are wondering why Steve Gaynor, why not the other three, what's been your pitch to voters? Why are you uniquely qualified to, to run the state of Arizona? Well, in my opinion, the governor is the CEO of Arizona. That's the nature of the job. It's an executive job. Of the four candidates, I'm the only one who's done that kind of work. I think when you hire somebody, you want somebody, you want someone who's done the job before and done it successfully. So you vote for someone, you're really hiring them for that job. And so I've done it. I've been a CEO for a long time. I've, I, I, I did the calculation the other day. I've made more than a thousand payrolls, signed more than a thousand payrolls in my career. So I know what it takes. I know I can do a great job. Um, the state of Arizona has 32,000 employees and a budget of over $14 billion. I think you want somebody in the job who's done it before, and of the four people, I'm the only one who has. Steve Gaynor uh, is with us. Let, let's do an economy question, Steve, and then we'll go to break and come back for more. Uh, you know, there are times, and I'm proud of what this state has done. I think Governor Doug Ducey um, has done a, a transformational job on the economy and on reshaping, I think, the trajectory of the state with regard to innovation and technology. There are times, Steve, where I, I feel like I'm not sure whether we're talking about the state of Maricopa or the state of Arizona when it comes to that topic. I know your wife is from Tucson in southern Arizona. Uh, my big question, I've asked multiple gubernatorial candidates this, uh, I love seeing the news of business coming to Arizona. I wish it was just not, you know, in the center of the state. How do we get Flagstaff in on this? How do we get Tucson in on this? How do we get the border region in on this? How do we see a, an entire state that is thriving uh, economically and seeing the benefits of a state that, again, I think has made some really great steps in the right direction? Steve Gaynor. I agree with you that Maricopa has dominated the state. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there's a bill going through the House right now uh, that would divide Maricopa into four counties. And I've come out in favor of that bill. I testified before a House committee the other day, um, because if we don't do something, Maricopa County will dominate the state with 75 or 80 percent of the population. and, and it, it would not only be unhealthy for the state, but for the people in Maricopa also. Because like L.A. County, it would become this enormous, gargantuan bureaucracy that isn't responsive to people. And uh, so this doesn't necessarily solve an economic problem, but, but a political uh, problem and a governmental problem. Dividing Maricopa into four counties would mean that no one county could dominate the whole state. Uh, on the economic side... The, the the rural areas and the non-Maricopa County areas are important to me. As you said, my wife grew up in Tucson. She's a graduate of Rincon High and, and the U of A. Um, so I've been to Tucson hundreds of times, and 
and we have a home in the, in the rural areas of the state, the rest of the state does need to participate. It's important that we have development in other areas besides Maricopa. And as governor, I can facilitate that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of interest and a lot of uh, desire to have that happen in the rural parts of the state. And, and you're seeing it now in the Cass Grand area in Pinal, but it needs to happen more. Absolutely, yeah. Casa Casa Grande and uh, and Pinal County is a bit of a success story that uh, seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. But I think land has a huge piece of that. Real, real quick follow up, Steve Gaynor, and then we're, we're bumping up against a break. Uh, the, there's a lot of state land that some would say the governor has the ability to release that state land to be privately developed. We, we hear in Tucson that the, one of the reasons why Pinell and Maricopa gets a lot of attention is because there's more uh, open land and larger spaces of land to buy to develop some of these larger manufacturing facilities. Uh, would that be something you would look at as governor of the state, Steve Gaynor, releasing state-owned land? Yes, I would. Uh, it's a critical part of how the state develops. And I will say also the federal government holds a lot of land in Arizona and I would work with our congressional delegation, I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans, to, to get the federal government to release some of that land to our state so that we could use it to our benefit instead of having them hold it. So, yes, it, land use is a very important part of the, the economic development of the state, and it would have my attention. Absolutely. We're partway through our conversation, our first conversation with Steve Gaynor on the show. He's a Republican running for governor in the Republican primary for the state of Arizona. Governor Doug Ducey is term limited, the first eight-year, two-term governor in a very, very long time in the state of Arizona. He is uh, out after this year, and we've talked now with five candidates for governor on this program, and we'll keep going and have as many conversations as we can uh, with these candidates. This is an important time and an important position. When we come back after a break here on Tipping Point on AM 1030 KVY The Voice, we'll keep talking about the issues and the future of Arizona with Steve Gaynor, who wants to be its CEO in the fall. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Miss a show? Check out the podcast at KVOI.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. 
Impact of Southern Arizona serves 52 zip codes in Pima and Pinal counties and reinvests $2.5 million a year into the community. Join us for our Impact Expo on Tuesday, March 2nd, at the Tucson Chinese Cultural Center, where we'll be bringing a national speaker along with local partners and the community together to talk about how we can help people move from just getting by in a getting-ahead world to improving their life in our region. Go to ImpactSOAZ.org for more information and to support Impact of Southern Arizona in improving lives and inspiring futures. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, the new head of Visit Tucson at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Here on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, airing down to the border and up to Casa Grande. We keep it regional. We keep it about Tucson and the region. And, of course, in years like this one, about the state. We've now had five candidates for governor on the show. Uh, Our guest right now, Steve Gaynor, is the fifth. He's a Republican running for governor of this state. And, uh, Steve, thanks for being with us. There was a a bit of a – there was a shocking moment to me, Steve – from a uh, recent radio conversation you did in the Phoenix area. You were on the Mike Broomhead show a couple of days ago. I think he had seven or eight minutes with you. It was a very quick interview. Uh, Probably one of the most listened to conservative uh, talk show hosts in the entire state, Steve. And he took time to ask you a question about housing. Of everything he could ask you, he asked you about housing in terms of the fact that our booming economy uh, is uh, now creating issues where housing across the spectrum is not affordable to the average person. Last year, Steve, the only essential worker who could afford to buy a home in the Phoenix area was a nurse making $83,000, and they could only buy a home in Avondale, Glendale, or the city of Phoenix. It's not looking good, Steve. Uh, you mentioned it, actually, as an issue that you would want to look at. And uh, I'm really glad that it's now kind of in the public consciousness more. We've been talking about the issue for three or four years here on this program. Uh, Most of the candidates up to now, Steve, haven't had a great answer. And uh, I wonder your thoughts. How do we fix the housing crisis in Arizona? It is a really important issue. For a long time in Arizona, housing was affordable. It was one of the great things about Arizona. And... uh, And house prices have taken a leap. Part of it is the Biden administration's inflation. 
part of it is the influx of people uh, from places like California where housing prices are much higher. And, uh, and so there's, there really isn't enough supply. Housing is supply and demand like everything else in our economy. Uh, and really the way to address it is to foster supply, is to help home builders and, uh, and investors to create housing and clear the roadblocks so that it can happen more quickly. Because the reason prices have taken such a leap, you have more people seeking housing than there is available. So the role that government can play is to be faster. What I've seen many times with government is that they they work slowly, they cause delay, uh, and things just don't get done. You know, in California, it's it's unbelievable how long it can take to do the simplest thing. So in Arizona, what we have to do is speed things up so that we can build homes, build housing uh, quickly, and that will create affordability. That will reduce price and, and make housing available. And that government can't build houses. That's not in a free economy. That's what, not what we want to see. But government can help by facilitating and in some cases just getting out of the way and let the free market work. Steve Gaynor is with us. Steve, when I look back on the last eight years of Governor Ducey's uh, tenure as governor of this state, there seems to have been a lot of conservative Republican checkboxes checked. There's been tax reform. There's been expansion of school choice. There's been transformation in the economy. Um, There has been, certainly in the last year, some pretty strong messaging to the Biden administration around the border. Is there anything as a fellow Republican, Steve Gaynor, that you would do differently or that you wish fellow Republican Governor Doug Ducey had done differently? Uh, Give us a a look at what a Gaynor administration would be and would do different from a Ducey administration. Uh, I think the main difference is a matter of time. When Governor Ducey took office, the state budget was not in good shape our economy was very dependent upon real estate and tourism and and i have to say governor ducey has done a a great job as you have said of economic development and diversifying our economy Uh, so the main issue is that when i take office the problems will be different and so the focus will be different Um, for me for example i'm going to pay a lot of attention to infrastructure because in areas of the state where there's been fast economic growth you're starting to get some of the symptoms of problems like i have seen in california it takes way too long to get from one place to another there's there's road congestion there's uh, there's a slowdown in home building because of lack of infrastructure development so that's an example of a different kind of focus Governor Ducey focused on bringing businesses here. My focus would be on making sure that it, the, the development doesn't damage our quality of life. Uh, the border has been a problem since Joe Biden took office. Um, it would be a real focus of mine until we got that situation under control. I would be as aggressive as I can constitutionally. I, I would go to the very limit of my constitutional authority to deal with that problem. Uh, another example is what's happening with drugs on our streets. The fentanyl is pouring across the border. That wasn't such a great problem when Governor Ducey took office. 
right now, and I think going forward, the drug problem is is has become much greater. The overdose deaths are skyrocketing, and that would be a real focus for me. So I think the differences have more to do with what the issues are than anything else. I'm a conservative guy. Um, Second Amendment's important to me. I'm, I'm a life member of the NRA and AZCDL. Um, I, I, you know, in, in my DNA, I'm conservative. But for anyone, what you have to deal with are the problems that you have today. And so the main differences would be uh, my approach to where we are now in our state's development versus where Governor Ducey was when uh, he took office. Steve Gaynor is with us, a Republican candidate for governor. I think I have one more uh, question, Steve, that I can fit in. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for your time. Around education, you mentioned it as a main platform item. Uh, since 2008, since the recession, the, the state uh, has dropped dramatically the amount of dollars that it contributes to higher education funding. And we talk a lot about K-12, but uh, our secondary uh, education uh, has seen a drop in state funding that has never recovered since uh, before spending levels of before the Great Recession. Uh, would increasing state investment in higher ed uh, be a, a part of the Gainer administration? Um, or do you like seeing universities uh, do what like ASU is doing and use private sector means to raise funding for its own needs? I don't think there would be a drastic increase in state funding. What I want to make sure of is that students and their parents are getting a good return on the investment that they're making in higher education. I also think more choice in higher education in our state uh, is important. I think the community college system can do a better job of augmenting what our three state universities offer to students. Uh, so to me, quality and value are more important than the specific dollars that are flowing in, and that would be the, the area that I would focus on. Got it. Steve Gaynor, thank you so much for your uh, time with us today. Where can people go to find out more about your platform and the issues and uh, engage with your campaign more off, offline? Right. My website address is GaynorForGovernor.com. That's G-A-Y-N-O-R ForGovernor.com. I invite everybody to visit. Uh, give us your email address so you can communicate with us. And I look forward, Zach, to talking with you in the future. I really have enjoyed the time with you. Absolutely. Likewise. Steve Gaynor, have a, a great long weekend. S stay safe out there. And uh, it's, a, it's a heck of a hill to climb, and you're climbing it. And I uh, appreciate you making some time for us today. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. That does it for our Friday show today. Don't forget, you can catch everything on the podcast, kvoi.com forward slash podcasts, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify. There's at least four places where you can find a, a replay of any of the conversations we've had this week. Go ahead and check those out. Uh, my email is zyenser at gmail.com. You can shoot me a message over there at any time. We can talk off the air. And uh, appreciate you guys listening. Happy Friday to you. It's a long weekend. We'll be taking the long weekend with you. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe out there, uh, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the other side, Tucson, 1030 The Voice.